Hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Well, it's an interesting day in the neighborhood, as they would say. <laughs> Speaking of that, you just sent me a video. Oh, uh, yeah. I would have, I, you know, it's something I'd love to play and share with the audience, but it's really a visual kind of thing. But I think we can set the stage. Bill? Yeah, it's a Wawa, you know, which is a convenience store. They do gas. They do convenience. They do... They do made-to-order sandwiches. Uh-huh. You know, that, that, that's the thing with con- these convenience stores sure. today. They're kind of like they're small-box grocery stores with a nice deli in them mm-hmm. that uh, you know does sure. all that stuff. So now they, but what, got what's it. happening in this store, Bill? Well, there's a lady at the cash register. She's filming what's going on, and there's a lady coming up to her that's going, you go, I'll be making the sandwiches or just keep on filming. Well, behind the lady is about 50, 75 people that are running through the aisles, <laughs> ransacking the store, stealing stuff, it looks, breaking it stuff. Looks like a, it, breaking it, it looks like a scene from a, a Peter Sellers movie. Okay, oh. I mean, there the place is nuts behind her, and she she walks up to the guy and say, "Are you going to be making sandwiches, or are you just going to keep recording?" The guy says, "Oh, it's going to be a while, lady. Really." <laughs> Might be a while. Yeah. I've got to reface this story and put it back yes. together after they break it all to hell. Oh, man. Welcome to Biden's America, by the way. And oh. that's actually not too far from me. Uh, that's taking place, uh, I guess it happened yesterday or a day or two ago because it came out this morning in the video. Um, it's uh, in Philadelphia. But, Bill, there are and no consequences. No. No, none whatsoever. So, you know, what do you do? People are people are running nuts and that is the picture perfect. Well, it's 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 the poster child for an economy gone wrong. Yes. I mean, we are we're not almost to the point of breaking. We are broke friends and it's only going to get worse and this is coming to a neighborhood near you soon, probably yours next. But you know what I, I- didn't realize until relatively recently mm. how much damage the woke left has done to our judicial system. Case in point, two guys, two guys killed um, a young student. They they yeah. jumped on his neck, broke his neck. They they stomped on him, kicked in his chest. These two brothers, nineteen and twenty years old, they killed this guy. Then they bragged about it. Okay, they bragged about it to their friends. Now, case just for so you'll understand, the two guys, the two killers were minorities, and the person that they killed was white. Okay, so they go to court. First of all, they bring it down from murder to manslaughter, and then they acquit them in the trial of manslaughter. Now, I don't know how you can do that when the evidence shows that they stomped on his neck, they bragged about it to their friends. But yet they still let him off. You know, there's an old song. It was a country song. And it was a patriotic song. But, you know, now that patriotic song is the theme for all the mayhem that's going on. Only in America. You know, it's only in America can this happen. Land of opportunity, yeah. (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's no. I mean, mean, people, you know, this is the mayhem that breaks out yep. on a on a declining, crashing civilization. That is when the worst of people come out. Yeah, that's true. And 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 we are now showing what America is really 
made of. Well, when, you, when you see you... groups of people running into jewelry stores in Los Angeles and, and literally stealing tens of thousands of dollars worth of jewelry in 20 seconds, and then nobody gets arrested. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody right. ha- there's no like Bill said there's no consequences. You're done. You're fine. Keep keep it and have a good day. Well, you know what? Let's say that we corral this mess and we get it back together. Do you think that the the crowd is going to stay calm as you start uh, you know arresting and prosecuting their their family, their friends, their brothers, their sisters? Well, Hell no. It's going to break out again. The only way you can stop this now is we're we're we're, we're see, this Bill, far away. You can't see me from martial law. Bill, l- law and order is from the top down. There cannot be a break in law and order. I mean, if you if somebody gets arrested for doing uh, a major crime, uh, and you don't do you don't arrest somebody for doing a moderate crime, is there? consistency in your legal system. You have to have laws that are applied uniformly. So, for example, if um, if you were, you know, you, you arrest somebody and then the people don't like it and they start rioting in the streets and that's breaking another law, you have got to arrest people who are rioting. That was the problem with Portland and Seattle and Minneapolis. We had no mm. law. The the police were afraid of going out and doing their job because they didn't have the support of their civic leaders, their councilmen, their aldermen, whatever they're they're called in, in those specific cities. They didn't cover the police back. So the police figured, why should we go out and risk our lives arresting these people only to have these clowns who are sitting at uh, tables and conference rooms down at uh, City Hall who are going to countermand everything we do? So that's the problem. You've got to have consistency. If the police arrest somebody for a crime, then it can't be turned around by some civilian for political purposes. Well, you know, I, I had a question I was going to bring up earlier and I, or uh, later in the show, and I mm-hmm. still might. But with all of this chaos going on, you know, is it manufactured chaos? Do, do, do certain people want us to get to this point and go beyond it oh. so that they can bring in the military and take us down and get us under control. And now they have control to rewrite all the rules and change everything. Good question. It depends upon who you think really controls the military. A lot of people will tell you that that it's, it's controlled by the left. And I, I think superficially, you look around, you see Millie's, you know, uh, in, in on the cabinet, Millie's uh, been supportive of Biden and critical of Trump. But mm-hmm. then, but then there are other people who say, "Hold your horses, hang on. This is all part of a, a long-term plan." And I don't know. I do not know. I mean, I wish I well, did know. Well, it was but, a long-term plan. But here's the thing: he he does seem to throw. I'm meaning Trump. He does seem to throw little crumbs out there for people who are paying attention to listen to. I was trying to find the audio, and maybe I'll play it tomorrow if I can find it. But he spoke uh, just recently uh, where he said, uh, essentially, hang on, we'll be, you know, essentially he he was implying that there'll be a change and it will be sooner than you think. 
and I thought, whoa, uh, how, how can it be sooner than you think? Because the election isn't scheduled until November of 2024. So I think that if there's going to be a change, it's going to be du- during uh, the election in 2024. If, however, there's something going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of, let's say hypothetically what they're trying to do is show the country how corrupt our our system is. I mean, literally how corrupt and in need of, of major change our system is. I'm not talking about the Constitution. The Constitution works. It's the people who interpret it. They're the problem. It's the people who are supposed to enforce it and who've sworn an oath. Right. They're the problem. And, and maybe Trump has decided, look, at, I can't make a change unless the people see how damaged the system is right now, how, how vile and corrupt it is. I mean, look around you, friends. We have no border. We have a mumbling, bumbling, self-serving man in the White House whose only interest is to pad his bank account and to sit in the Oval Office. He is mm-hmm. critical. You know, he, most presidents are inclusive. Most presidents have tried to welcome people who voted against them to their side in, in some way or another. Even if they don't vote for him, they... They understand, well, he's our president now. Biden hasn't done that. Biden Biden has literally separated uh, uh, half of the country from his side of the, of the table. He He's called MAGA people everything cl- close to Nazis. You know, he, he gets away with a lot of it, too, because, oh, he's old Joe. Well, you know, he's in, he's senile and in decline, his cognitive of, uh, abilities. And you're wondering how long you can last. And I'm sitting there going, is this an elaborate act? It is a show? Or is he really that bad off? Mm -hmm. Because his policies keep going through. There are people that say, and even he goes, you know, I'm up there dancing to a jazz tune. I'm just taking orders. You know, and I'm sitting there going, are we being punked? Are we being punked to where... It's a it's an escape goat for him if all, if everything falls down, or is it a distraction? You know, in football, I I do that thing on Sundays, bitty football. I'm not a ref, but I do the calls. But I always hear the 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 father coaches out there, and they see the kids go amok, and then they go, "Keep your eye on the ball. Don't watch him. Watch the ball." Well, we're not keeping our eye on everything. Well, they've got a lot of distractions out there. Oh, for sure. Us. You know, you know, it's interesting when you um, first told me you were doing that. Um, I had to think for a second. Bitty football, because I've never heard that term. Because my kids, Pee-wee league, Pee-wee well, league. Well, well, what they used to call it, Bill, when I when my kids were midget. small, was midget football. But you know what? Someone, I, it occurred to me that the left probably thought that was too offensive. Mid, right. Midget football, and they figured, oh, we can't call it midget football. We'll offend somebody. Let's call it. Bitty, which is which I think is a, a bitty it, bitty, it, yeah. It's, it, I think it's kind of cute, but I didn't know what it was seriously. So uh, yeah. I thought, well, but it's, see, they're looking at everything now critically. I mean, everything is looked at from the eyes and the prism of race or gender or something. And you know, what about the simple things in life? I mean, I, I, look at do I have a problem with people calling um, 
the Notre Dame sports team, the Fighting Irish. I'm Irish, right? Do you know? I see a, a bunch of uh, of black gentlemen out there, super athletes, playing fantastic football and baseball, and they call themselves the Fighting Irish. It, 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 do, is there some way that I could be offended? I don't know, but uh, I wouldn't even think about it. That's their nickname. But uh, conversely, look what happened down in Washington. The 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 Washington Redskins. All of a sudden, it became offensive. All of a sudden, it became wrong to call that traditional football team by their name. So they changed the name to the Commanders, which I think stinks. But but recently, this is the guy. You can't make this stuff up. The 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 Indian, the Native American tribe that was supposed to be offended. They wrote a, a long letter to the owner, the new owner, saying, "Look at." We don't know where this came from, but we were the people that were supposed to have been offended, and we were actually kind of honored to think that there was a team in Washington that referenced us. So we wouldn't mind it if you changed the name back under your new ownership to the Washington Redskins. But the new owner said, now it's done. You know, there's a lot. When When you do a name change on a sports team, I mean, mm-hmm. it costs millions of dollars to change everything over again, you know? I mean, you oh, have to yeah. re-register stuff. On, and by the way, the Cleveland Indians will ever will, will forever, in my they're mind, be always the, the Indians. The, yeah, but they're the Guardians now. The, oh, the, I know. I, I like, have a client station, and I... I oh, come I on. The Cleveland Guardians. Stuff, you, know? you know, with all due respect, my security system is a Guardian system. Yeah, but, yeah. But... Uh, Hey, look at you know that's that's what's happened in sports, and I, I look at my NFL teams on Sunday, and they'll have stenciled uh, behind the uh, the field goals. Uh, what does it say? It says "Stop Racism" or "End Racism" stenciled on the grass, and it's like, oh come on, can't we just play the game? When I look well, at the, when I look at those super athletes out there playing football. I don't care what color they are, what their let, ethnic- let me explain something about racism. I never saw color until somebody pointed it out. Oh yeah. Look at and two drilled look at, it into my head over and over and over build. again. Look at two young babies. You get two babies together. They don't see color. They just no. see, hey, there's another kid. Yep. That's exactly right. You it, know, it and is, it is something which is taught. And that's what the left are doing. They are teaching us. Racism. Look at Joe the other day. He's going, uh, you shut down the government. That's gonna hurt black people. Yeah, that's what he said. Joe, are you are you are are you Phil, threatening the black people? Phil, I was gonna holding play, them hostage. I was gonna, come on, I Joe. I was gonna play the audio, but he he mumbles it so that you really <laughs> he constantly sounds like he's a he's a breath away from falling asleep on the mic. And, um, and maybe he is. I don't, I don't know. Well, the other day he had uh, he ended a, a, a press conference meeting or whatever. Well, I'm going to bed. <laughs> Thank well, you, Joe. Uh, the only good thing about him going to bed is you know that he can't do any serious damage when he's asleep. Oh, bull. Um, yeah, his, his minions will do it for him. There's a lot yeah. going on in the news. So many, so many things. Um, you know, uh, first of all, we played the long dissertation between Maria Bartiromo yesterday and Matt yes. Gates. It got a lot of it got a lot of press that uh, that debate because 
as much as I like Maria, and I'm a big fan of Maria's, I think she's an articulate, bright person, but she, at least during that interview, she sided strongly with McCarthy, and you could see it. It was not a neutral interview, but, but Matt Gates. She made a phone call to him. Well, Matt Gates was so magnificent in his response to her. He just never, he didn't let her win the debate. And at the end of it, when it was all said and done, I think I have it here. Uh, she ended up, um, I have it in my stack of stuff, essentially apologizing to, uh, to here's what it says here. She, he made yeah. excellent points. He said, yep, you made excellent points. My thinking is evolving. That's from Maria. That was a Twitter response to Matt Gates because Matt yeah. Gates Matt Gates had Twittered her that he enjoyed the interview, was lively and all that stuff. And and I do think that she's articulate and bright enough where she might have looked at that video and said, you know, I think he may be right. And and not I was listening to uh, uh, Jeff Cooner on uh, WRKO this morning in Boston, a staunch mm-hmm. conservative, and he's. His thinking is along our line. Uh, as much as we think that McCarthy has done some good things, but he's dragging his feet on so many other things. And what Gates is saying is this is an opportunity here. This is an opportunity to make a statement to the world that we're not going to take it anymore. Business is not as usual anymore in the Congress. Historically, when there's been a situation like the budget coming along and everyone thinks, Oh, boy, we're going to shut down the government. Oh, the government's going to shut down. First of all, is that a bad thing? Because they can't, they can't pass any crappy laws if they're shut down. But that being said, uh, they always seem to capitulate at the end. And when that happens, the, the people suffer because what they've been doing is they instead of having single votes for single items, they take all of the things – everything on their wish list, and they just bundle it all together into one resolution. They bundle the whole thing, everything, into one resolution. They yay or nay it, they pass it, and it goes through. And the people, we're hurt because mm-hmm. it's, we don't, it's like taking your household budget and the electricity, the rent, and everything, putting it into one payment, and that's it, you know? Um what Gates is saying, no more. We want single votes for single items. We want, and I think he said there were 13 different items as opposed to one. You know, we want to be able to yay or nay the funding for the ridiculous war in the Ukraine. Right. By the way, Bill, there's a video online. I, I don't know if you get a chance to see it. Uh, it says, uh, uh, it's it shows the digratia brigade uh i guess they're a drone brigade uh that the ukrainians have and they're over a battlefield you can check it out on uh, on gateway pundit uh and it shows these it's from the you're looking down from the drone on the battlefield and you see all these wounded russian soldiers and they're dropping for the sake almost like a video game uh, grenades down on these wounded soldiers. These wounded soldiers see the drones and they're waving like, don't, no, 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 right? And these Ukrainian drone flyers are dropping these bombs on these soldiers. And, and these soldiers are seeing them fall 
and running or trying to run or crawl out of the way of the f- descending uh, bombs. And in, in many cases, they don't make it. And this is a violation of, it's a war crime. It is, what, it is a war crime, what they're doing. And we're supporting that. We're yeah. on this Well, you side. know what? For, for anybody that supports that, and if you think, oh, it's funny to see people blown up like that, that have been wounded. They're out of the game. Yeah. You know, that's a that's like a late late sack, you know, and the quarterback's down. I'm going to hit him anyway. Yeah. You know, they're, but, you know, in a case like this, there's a spot in hell that they're keeping there warm. There sure just as for heck those, is. You're absolutely you know, And they're correct. keeping them warm for anybody that supports that. So if if that's what you you think and you are. Yep. Uh, and, uh, well, just know there's a nice, cozy, warm spot. Well, it might not be so cozy, but, but it's got your name on it. But why in the name of heavens we're supporting them is beyond me. You know, yesterday, Bill, I, I talked about they were saying there was a 60 Minutes report that was kind of anti-Ukraine war. And, yeah. and I thought, well, that's a surprise. That's how it was built. That's how somebody had done a description. I thought, well, i got to see that. So I did see this 13-minute uh, report on 60 Minutes yesterday. I watched the whole thing. And it was, no, it was not an anti-Ukraine war. It was a fluff, fluff piece trying to make it look like, oh, we're on the side of right and might. Um, That being said, there was one little section in there that pointed out the corruption, but they glossed over it. But I'm going to play it for you. Listen. In total, America's pumped nearly $25 billion of non-military aid into Ukraine's economy since the invasion began. And you can see it working at the bustling farmer's market on John McCain Street in central Kiev. People of Ukraine, this is your moment. The late senator is revered in Ukraine because he pushed the U.S. government to start sending arms to the country after Russia first invaded back in 2014. While in Kiev, we learned that three of McCain's former colleagues were also in town. Democratic Senators Elizabeth Warren and Richard Blumenthal and Republican Senator Lindsey Graham. They don't normally agree on much. Together, though, they're some of the staunchest supporters of U.S. funding for Ukraine's resistance. They're on track to break the Russian army. And the only way they could possibly lose is if we pull the plug on them. The wreckage of Russia's war machine was on display for Ukraine's Independence Day celebrations, even as almost a fifth of the country remains under occupation. People ask me, is it worth it? Here's what we've gotten for our investment. We haven't lost one soldier. We reduced the combat power of the Russian army by 50%, and not one of us has died in that endeavor. This is a great deal for America. You've previously said that it's the best money we've ever spent. That's still true? Since we helped Churchill stand up to the Nazis. We have to have confidence that the dollars we're spending are actually being spent in defense of the nation. All of that is important, but that's why we're here. The senators and other U.S. officials told us there have been no substantiated cases of American weapons being diverted. The United States Department of Defense ought to be telling the story about oversight. We're monitoring, we're following every piece of equipment. There has been no diversion, no evidence of misappropriation. This is an American success story on aiding a partner fighting for freedom. 
But Ukraine is a young democracy with a history of corruption. According to the monitoring group Transparency International, it's ranked the second most corrupt country in Europe. Only Russia scores lower. Okay, so we're backing a corrupt country. They admit it. They admit it yeah. right there, okay? Well, they admitted something else in there, too. Well, before that, Bill, let me just say this. You'll notice that it was Lindsey Graham standing with Elizabeth mm. Warren, Pocahontas, and Blumenthal from Connecticut, who was the guy, if you'll remember, who told everybody he was a Vietnam War veteran, and he was not. So right. he got into office on a lie. Uh, so these are disreputable people. And I would say as far as Lindsey Graham is concerned, show me your friends and I'll tell you what you are. You know, if you're hanging around Lindsey Graham and Richard Blumenthal and, and you, they're your buddies, then you you got a problem with me. You really well, do. Elizabeth Warren really showed her colors there, you know, because you could sit there and talk about her liberalism and all of that. But, you know, the fact that she's in here supporting this in a war, it really can kind of surprising to me, but it's not surprising. But the thing that Lindsey Graham said is that we didn't lose a single soldier, meaning the United States, you know, and it's money well spent that they have taken out theoretically 50% of the Russian war machine. Yeah. The only reason we're there is not to help out the Ukraine. It is to take Russia out as a threat to us. That's what it's all about. He just said it right there in that audio, right at the front when he opened his mouth. And of he course, sat there and said, that's all it's about. We, he has no problem throwing a thousand Ukrainian people into the meat grinder every single day. They're Who cares losing, about them? They're, they're not losing Americans. a thousand people a day in this battle. I mean, being killed, not just killed and mm -hmm. wounded. A thousand young men are dying every day in this Ukrainian war. They mentioned yesterday that they're running short on recruits, so they're going. They're sending people up into the mountains to find stragglers and people who live away from the grid and drag them back so that they can go out and be in the military and be thrown into this same meat grinder. Uh, I have no doubts that they can sit there and dwindle down the Russian army. But I also know that the Russian army is immense. Yes. And it's still growing as we talk right now. It sure is. To uh, a million count number by January, even with the death toll, they're going to be there with that army so they are growing they're a bigger threat than china you're right and as far as you know you look at our economy and how far we are in debt and go well we're we're so far in debt there's no gold to back all that money up it's just us saying i promise i'll pay it back pay who back who are we paying back but we keep building our war machine russia can't do the same thing they got factories. Of course they are. It's they have all the resources. Bill, they're, they're tooled to do it right now. They're they're better tooled right now than we are. They, they have ammunition for their guns. Yes. We don't. Well, Joe shut that down. They got ammunition for their weapons. Maybe ours might be technically more superior, but the simple fact is they don't need gold to back up the rubles to build it. If they sit there and go to the factories and say, Go, you know, go get the iron ore. Let's turn it into steel. Let's take it over to this place and let's press out a tank. Let's press out a ship. Let's press out some planes. Let's make this stuff. 
They don't need the money to do it because they, they got it. the resources. It's there. They got, it's there. It's there. They said yesterday there are 300,000 Russian troops on the border in reserve waiting to go. That's not the ones they're recruiting in in country. This is troops ready ready reserve just sitting waiting for you know if, if they're needed. So you have a, a massive group of of Russian troops fighting the war, then behind them not far away 300,000 Russians in reserve. Uh, how in the name of heck are the Ukrainian and the Ukrainians by the way like I just said are are so short of recruits they're dragging them out of the, the hills and and stragglers and they're, they're even asking countries like Poland and other countries who are NATO members to look in their country for military age Ukrainians and ship them back to the Ukraine so they can fight in the war. You got to wonder, you know, this is futuristic, but you got to wonder when are they going to start doing like the movies uh, and sit there and come out with uh, uh, bionic soldiers. I mean, not well, I mean, bionic. We, we talked about people, it yesterday. I mean, robot soldiers. Well, the Israelis, didn't they? They just uh, announced they, they made a, a tank. A tank that is essentially manless. It's a drone tank. Well, yeah. it's an AI tank. Excuse me, an AI tank. So you could sit there and make. Uh, I guess a universal sol soldier. Yeah. And if you make one, you could make uh, five hundred of them. You could make a thousand. You could make oh, yeah. ten thousand, a hundred thousand. But their AIs are free thinking, and one time <laughs> maybe those well, AIs. Well, there's also the question go. about whether you know the human mind. Yeah, we can give it all the information, and you see, when it comes to making the final decision as to whether to pull the trigger or not, I want a human being looking at me because. I don't want somebody that is just just going to put the facts together and make a decision. I want somebody who's going to put the facts together and then look at me and see the too. situation I'm in. Pardon? Yeah, I have kids too. Yeah, you know, you could sit there, you know, yeah. one person against another. You know, you're down. It's 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 you and them. That's right. And if if they sit there and they look at you and they see that, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's the old stories of World War One when you know it was Christmas. Yeah, and the soldiers sat down, set down their guns, and they walked across. That happened. They celebrated. Though. Yeah, it's a true story. They mm -hmm. celebrated the birth of Christ, Christmas, and then when it was all over, they went their separate ways. Well, that was ha that was in 1914. It was the yeah. British and the Germans, and it was a cold. I guess it was December 24th, and mm -hmm. it was Christmas Eve, and they had the idea. Uh, putting the guns down and having a football game. A football over there, soccer over here. And mm -hmm. they had supposedly, uh, they had beer. And it was it was kind of like a party. When the higher-ups in both armies heard about this, they were furious and said if it happens again in subsequent Christmases or whatever, the, the people who partic participate will be shot. So that was kind of the end of that little, you know, moment of uh, camaraderie out there. And and it was, a, but it's a true story. It is a true yeah. story, 1914. Um, yeah. But, Bill, uh, you want a human being to make the final decision as to whether or not to terminate life. And if you're just going to have a robot that looks at the facts, and thank you very much, uh, you're not going to have that. You're not going to have a, You're not going to have an AI going, well... He's got a kid next to him, or uh, he's got a 
he, he looks like he's lost. I, I think I told you this story. This really happened with my dad. My dad was a young lieutenant in World War II. He was a forward observer. But, you know, in, in the war, you do a number of different things. And apparently at one point, he was uh, overseeing uh, a machine gun nest on the outskirts of a field. And this was in France. And in France, if you've ever been there, they'll have these huge, like, wheat fields, and they'll be bordered by thick forest. And the machine gun that he was in charge of was right on, in the forest, right on, the, on that border. And it was toward the end of the war, and a couple of um, young, at the end of the war, the Germans were recruiting 14-year-olds and old men, okay, into the war. And a couple of young they looked like 14-year-old kids, my dad said. They were walking, they walked out of the woods right into the middle of the field without thinking. And they were talking loud, and it was obvious that they were afraid. You know, they were, they were lost, and they were afraid. And mm -hmm. my dad's machine gunner says, what do you want to do with this, Lieutenant? And my, dad's, my dad looked at him and said, let him go. And, and my dad often, I, I used to say, Dad, I wonder what happened to those kids after they got across the field. He said, well, if they kept doing what they're doing, it could have been disastrous for them because they were loud and they were unprofessional. You know, they weren't thinking like soldiers. But if they did make it to the end of the war, they may have ended up having families and kids and a life and... Uh, but it was a human decision. If an AI were in my dad's shoes and saw Germans walk out of woods wearing the uniforms and carrying guns, they would have been dead in seconds. Do you know? It had to be towards the end of the war because it was it, it, it was nineteen my dad said it was like nineteen December of nineteen forty four. I mean it was right yeah. toward the end. Or maybe it was January of forty five. Because to replace the troops he was getting uh children. Yep wives, women, anybody he could to recruit for soldiers. Old so men. Had a lot of kids. Old men. Well, yep. you know, there's, you know, funny you should say that because right now you see the emails out there. If you sit there and say, you know, I'll show you how computers work. If you sat there and typed a search of seniors for the military, you will start getting recruitment ads and they are legitimate recruitment ads, you know, that they'll pay you a sign-on bonus if you're retired and you want to be in the military, and I'm like going, why are we recruiting retirees and senior citizens? Are we that hard up? Well, we have, uh, but we have a bunch of of really unprofessional people in the most high level of uh, highest offices in our, do you know what I'm saying? We have got amateurs running our government right now. We don't, mm -hmm. even our generals that are, you know, the Millies and all these other people, any officer that'll get out there and make a statement about uh, how he's, you know, wants it to be a woke, gender, you know, gender inclusive uh, military. No, no. I want a military that is going to be disciplined, that is going to protect our best interest and is going to, when push comes to shove, break things and kill people, as they would say. I mean, it, sound, it sounds brutal, but there's no other reason for a military if they won't do that. If you don't have right. a military that's going to stand up to the biggest aggressor out there in the world stage, then forget it. And right now, you heard uh, Douglas McGregor yesterday, 
right now we don't have it. And by the way, if you didn't no, hear don't. Douglas McGregor on yesterday's show, you should take a moment sometime today, go back to yesterday's program. Go back to Monday's program and listen to the three segments from Douglas McGregor on the Ukraine war and, and the position that we're in right now. And it's dire. It mm. is dire. Anyway, um, other things happening, Bill, uh, I thought you'd like, you'd like to hear this. Uh, former First Lady Michelle Obama will be paid more than $700,000 for a one-hour lecture on diversity and inclusion in Munich. Now, now you have Why? to ask yourself, that's exactly what you have to ask yourself. Why? What seven? And I think, Bill, this goes back to what we talked about in the past. How do you pay... The deep state. How do you pay these people, these corrupt people, these large sums of money if you have to pass money to them? We, we talked about $60 million, uh, a contract between Netflix and Obama. He did nothing. He did nothing. Yeah. $60 million. Is this bucks. a campaign contribution? This is seven hundred grand for a speech from Michelle. Well, have, you, have you seen her talk? Yeah, I've seen her talk, you know, and... Uh... Uh, you know, I've looked into doing public speaking engagements, and you know there are people. You'd do it for half and, the price. <laughs> I'd do it for six. I'd do it for five. Yeah. Hell, I, I'd do it for a thousand bucks. But you know, <laughs> well, don't give away. Don't be so yeah. so generous. You know? But you know what? I could tell you this. Uh, now, usually speeches like that, she's going to go up there and talk for thirty minutes. Mm -hmm. Think about that. You know how much money she's making a minute there for you know, thirty minutes, forty-five tops. That's what. A public speaker usually gets for, you know, something like that. It almost sounds like a campaign hey, contribution. Dare I say you would be far more entertaining than Michelle Obama. My opinion. You'd I would be hope far I more would. opinion. If I, if, I, if I couldn't, you know what my big problem is, is I get sidetracked. I'll, no, I'll do something no. and I tell a story and I go... And I start relating the story, and then I sit there and go, okay, uh, you were talking about this. You're like a dog that. who sees a rabbit. You know, <laughs> oh, look at the rabbit. <laughs> Big old St. Bernard here, man. I'll jump on you and lick you all over the place. Anyway, but you know, Michelle, though, in the news, uh, Sarah Palin, you remember her? Yeah. yeah. Uh, she is saying that uh, Michelle is the Democratic candidate for no. president in uh, 2024. There was somebody, uh, Greg uh, Rubini, uh, did a report, and apparently... He says that Kamala is going to be forced to resign as VP and uh, sent to the Senate to replace Dianne Feinstein. Uh, then Gavin Newsom will be sub, uh, subbed in as VP. Uh, then uh, they will remove Biden from office anyway. Can they um, move the vice president to the, to the Senate? I mean, can they? I don't know. If the governor of California, who probably appoints a replacement or Dianne Feinstein, he could probably appoint... Yeah, he probably could appoint Carmela if she if she'd be willing to resign the vice presidency. Yes, she she probably could be See, made I the think, interim though, her senator. Her ego's kicking in now. She's thinking I could be president. Yeah, I could be president. You know, yeah. and uh, well, they also are saying I don't know if you saw this or not. Uh, the Biden administration they're petrified about the idea of a third party candidate uh, oh, running because yeah, it it takes numbers from the Democrats. It is it absolutely, and you know. Uh, they say Cornell West. I don't think he's the problem. I don't think he has anywhere near the strength to uh, be attractive as, as far as a, an overall candidate. But I do hear rumblings that Robert Kennedy Jr., RFK Jr., is not happy 
with the way the Democratic Party has been treating mm-hmm. him. He, you know, he's not being allowed to debate Biden. Uh, I don't even think he's being allowed to go to any. Uh, I, I, they were going to have a, I guess, some kind of a na- national conference, and they didn't want him to go to that. I mean, they literally are trying to elbow him out of the race, and he has mm-hmm. indicated he's not leaving. And there may, may be other alternatives down the road, meaning maybe a third party. If that were to happen, that would really splinter the uh, Democratic Party because there's a lot of moderate Democrats out there who are attracted to Robert Kennedy. I think he's got a story. He's a yeah, friend. he does. And you know what? He might be looking at it going, he might want to splinter that Democratic Party knowing that it would get Trump in. But I don't think he's afraid of Trump. I think he is pretty much on Trump's page. There are a few issues that they're not on, but he could set up a, a, a third party uh, for the 2028 elections mm-hmm. uh, where they could have contenders in there. And that, that could be interesting. You know, we talked about Feinstein, the other, uh, the other, the other old crow uh, from the uh, Democrat left uh, in California, Maxine Waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's in the news. She was, she was out there crying that, you know, the Republicans, you know, uh, the anti-American or something like that. Or she yeah. She says, yeah, they're, they're going to destroy America. That's what she's claiming with, um, well, you know what? doesn't matter how she thinks they're going to destroy it. You know, what really is the, the shame, she needs to get a new wig. Have you seen that thing? Yeah, well, she, she's not a, a very nice uh, no, or pleasant person. No, she's a mean person. woman. She, she is really a is. mean woman. Yep. But, you know, yeah, look at all these old cronies like uh, Maxine Waters, Feinstein, Biden, Pelosi. And these are people that have been calling the shots and have tanked America. You know, you think Amer- if they're going, America's tanked, look in the mirror and you'll see who did it. Uh, I don't know whether you uh, saw this or not. I, well, no, I think I do know whether you saw it or not, because I think you sent this to me. Uh, this okay. was a clip. You, Matt oh. Gates was on with uh-huh. Maria Bartiromo, but he's a equal opportunity uh, guest. He'll go on just about any network. He's not afraid to go on CNN. He mm-hmm. went on CNN, and they thought they could nail him, okay? Yeah. They thought they had him cornered. Listen to this exchange here should note that you you did vote against uh, the defense appropriations bill this week that or no, I didn't. The, the rule now you're the, on, no, the rule you're, to admit that, Abby Abby this is going to be a very embarrassing moment when the internet uh, corrects you on this I voted for the defense rule both times uh, well I, I stand corrected congressman appreciate you joining us tonight <laughs> thank you so much and the look <laughs> on her face was priceless was like, uh, and you know what you know what someone was screaming from the back what a maroon. <laughs> what an ignoranimous. <laughs> what a tara goondie. <laughs> you got to love bugs. What a you maroon. Know what, though? Uh, you know, when it, uh, when it gets to uh, uh, Mr. Getz, he, um, you know, they, they vilified him. The Democrats really, I think they knew that he has something going on, you know, in a positive way. But early on in his uh, his career, they threw everything at him. Oh, sure, good, and they they didn't get him. They tried um, to personally tear him apart. They accused him of, I believe, having a, an affair. Yeah, uh, uh, they and he, you know, he's married, and they tried to, and it wasn't true. It was no. not true. But they tried to throw all this crap at him, and it 
he just wouldn't stand for it. I mean, this is a guy who stands up. He doesn't sit quietly and, you know, where they say go quietly into the night. He is somebody who will fight back. This thing about the uh, appropriations bill, now the Democrats are trying to say, well, it's going to stop your Social Security. First of all, I don't think it does, Bill. I don't think, I think it has an exclusion. I think Social Security checks still get mailed out. I could be wrong, but understand something. We're not going to be shut down for any real length of time. It won't happen because there'll be too much pressure on Washington. Too much pressure. So if, let's say, they shut the government down on September 30th, we'll probably be back in in operation within a week in some form or another. There'll be some negotiation, but they will try to make it sound like the, the MAGA Republicans are out to destroy our country. That's not the case. They're trying to do what they promised they would do. They promised the American people to hold uh, the left accountable. The left is trying to fund this war. Biden wants another $26 billion, with a B, dollars Where for the Ukraine war. Where is this war. money coming from? That's why, you know, I keep questioning. Where is the money coming from? We keep stacking up this debt. You know, I, I contend we could take that debt and just say, why don't we just erase those numbers away? Because there's no way we can repay it. Those are just shackles and chains to hold the American public hostage. Yep, that's you true. Know, uh, let's let's be honest and let's be real here. But then again, now that because they have that up there, that flag there on the play, mm-hmm. uh, that means that they can't work. Or, well, see, I say they can't work around it, but how the hell do you think they fund so many government things that aren't on the books? You know, they they, they well for one re- one way of doing it is throw it into that one resolution. That one thing to vote on. Throw everything in. I mean, if you want a new car, throw it in that that basket. Nobody will see it. It'll be buried under a mountain of garbage. Yeah, baby needs some new shoes. Yeah, yep. there it is. Throw it into the res- and, and what Gates is saying, stop it. Yeah. You, you vote for every single thing single. you want. Yeah. You know, everything and, singly, and that's it. And folks, uh, Tulsi Gabbard was a Democratic presidential candidate. In 2016, she is articulate. She's bright. She left the Democratic Party. She's an independent now. She speaks for herself. She's a guest many times on Fox and occasionally, I believe she's on Newsmax. But I know that she is somebody who uh, does some thoughtful analysis. Bill, I just want to play this. It's very short. Tulsi Gabbard talks about how the Dems are making us a banana republic. Listen. Anyone who's looking at what's happening with clear eyes and an open mind can recognize how uh, how overtly they are trying to keep President Trump off of the campaign trail to keep him away from being able to make his case to voters in this country of why they should elect him as president and commander-in-chief once again. They're afraid that he actually could win, which is why they are they are committing this such egregious abuse of power that cuts so much deeper than just going after President Trump. Because what they're really doing is setting this precedent that puts the United States of America not on a high platform of of trying to be an example of democracy to the world, but of reducing our great country to none other than a banana republic and an abuse of power that we see happening in other countries around the world. Tulsi Gabbard, and uh, mm. she speaks for a lot of us. She really does. 
you were know? saying you you were thinking about something during her uh, her well, comments. Well, you know, I was thinking, you know, because I I, I like her, you know, and uh, she's gone independent. Um, it would be interesting, a you know, if if Trump uh, aligned with her, but you know who could align with her probably very easily, and be that third party contender that would make both sides sweat. Robert Kennedy. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's yeah. true. That's very true. But that you know, would be a game changing. Uh, I wouldn't be there. surprised if she ends up being on Trump's cabinet in some in some form, because he likes the idea of working across the aisle when it when it's an honest effort on both sides. Yeah, the problem that Trump has and anybody has aligning with him until uh, he gets the baggage that's been thrown at him, uh, you know, and unfairly so, aside, you know, and that gets done, and this could get worked out soon. There could be, you know, with with them splitting up, they couldn't they couldn't do in Georgia. It couldn't be a rainy mm-hmm. night in Georgia where everybody got all tried at once, one time, when they could sit there and sweep everybody under the carpet. So there is that uh, that possibility now that Trump there there are you know, works out there that could get the thing thrown out for Trump that uh, he can walk beyond it, and I hope it does work that way. Damage Democrats will cry, but at that point in time. Trump could sit there and start putting his team together, you know, out there where it only goes to solidify him more and doesn't hurt that person as well. Because I think right now for anybody to say, I want to be on that team, they are taking a chance. There's also a word on the street that another indictment is going to come down from some other source against Trump because they're trying again to distract from his success and also from Biden's failure. You know, you, you, you indict Trump. So all eyes and all cameras are pointed in Trump's direction so that the pressure is taken off Biden, who is just, just destroying our country. You know, we're getting 11,000 people entering our country through Eagle Pass, Texas alone every day. Eleven well, you know thousand. It's our own side that's cutting down the barbed wire fences I saw that. and everything to yep. let them through. Now, why is that? Who's who's uh, who's taking care of them to do that? It's wrong, but you know, with uh, everything going on with Trump and throwing another indictment at him, you know, the 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 old logic is: you throw enough crap on the wall, some of it will stick. Yeah, and that's what they're hoping at. And even Ted Cruz, you know, the other day I saw him in an interview where he was talking about how the legal system works, and he goes, you know, you don't need concrete evidence. You can have circumstantial evidence, but, you know, the court of public opinion, there are people that have been locked away for years only because, you know, they they got hit with a preponderance of circumstantial evidence. Sure. And that by itself, the cumulative total, and that's what they're trying to do from Trump. We don't have anything, but we got a lot of... Yeah, well, he's been indicted four times. He has to be guilty. Because why would he be indicted four times? Maybe it's because you guys are a bunch of liars, but that's another story for another time. Uh, You know, I don't know about you. I've turned away from Fox for the most part. I mean, I watch Maria on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. I think she does a good job on her show for the most part. But I, I have turned away consciously, and I've gone over to Newsmax, because uh, I have been disappointed with what Fox has done to its audience, and it, it, it done, it's, it's done damage to its audience. You know, we, as a viewer, trust what we're watching, and they violated that trust in the 2020 election. 
they they gleefully, enthusiastically embrace the concept that uh, the election was over early. There's nothing to see here. That it wasn't stolen and Trump lost. Which most people who are paying attention, they will not agree with him on that. They'll they'll right. say no, no, it was stolen. It was corruption. There was uh, there were people in the, with their hands in the cookie jar. As time goes on, like a lot of things, yeah, kind of relax your your views on. Yeah, let me see what's happening on Fox. You turn back for a second or so to see what they're doing. Well, they're still not to be trusted. Trump was doing a a, a speech, and he was talking uh, the other day uh, about uh, he, he won't do the debates. He thinks they're a joke. I I'll actually I'll, I'll play it for you. But notice when he starts to talk about. Uh, the Tucker Carlson interview. Notice mm. what Fox does in the interview. Listen. And we're the only ones going up. They're going down. They're going down, down, down. They ought to stop wasting their time. You know, they're wasting a lot of time with these ridiculous debates that nobody's watching. Their last debate was the lowest rated debate in history. That's a good compliment, isn't it? Now, what was I doing, Marjorie? I was someplace else, wasn't I, huh? I was doing another interview. We had 271 million people listening to the Tucker Carlson interview. That's an all-time So here we are, uh, back in the thick of campaign season. (laughs) That was uh, Martha McCallum, who was probably Mm -hmm. told in her earpiece, Martha, jump in, because he started to talk about his interview with Tucker Carlson, who was, of course, let go for no good reason from Fox, and he was pointing out that the debate which was being carried by Fox was the lowest-rated debate in the history of uh, presidential debates, and he said, that's a good thing. And then he said he had 270 million people watch him in his Tucker Carlson interview, and uh, that's when she cut in. It was like, okay, enough is You know, it's, it's funny on this liberal news stuff because Fox went more liberal. And now they're circling the toilet bowl, you know. Uh, but the latest ratings for CNN, and they've been trying to crawl out, they got flushed. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm sitting there going. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you, you just, what amazes me, you and I worked uh, in media for decades. And Too long, yes. <laughs> if you approached, if you were running a radio station as a, as a manager, and mm-hmm. you were trying to get the number one station in town, uh, would you be satisfied with numbers that just kept going down, down, down? I mean, they would they would probably, the owner would probably let you go after a few books, maybe a couple books, maybe a book, depending upon who the owner is. And, oh. I mean, these people at uh, these cable networks, this shouldn't come as a surprise that they've ended up in the in the toilette, as Bill says, because it's been going downhill for years now, and they just keep doing it. They just keep doing the same old nonsense. Uh, And you have to wonder, Bill, are they being backed by the deep state to a point where they've said, don't worry about ratings. We're going to support whatever you do. On Just keep doing what you're doing. We'll give you the money you need to keep the, uh, the network viable. But just keep doing what you're doing because everything else doesn't make sense. Because they mm. got to be losing millions in advertising revenue because they're not performing. There are some there are some radio stations in some large markets who by themselves have more listeners 
then they have viewers around the world now. Oh, that's true. Uh, look, you know, I got a lot of radio brothers and sisters out there. I've got friends in high places, and sorry to say to some of them, I don't know how in the hell they got there. Well, I actually do. I actually do. And then uh, I, I see buddies out there that are really smart guys that uh, they should be somewhere, but they're not. And they don't understand the game and how it works and what they got to do. And it's not their intelligence that would get them there. One of the guys that we know right now retired down in Florida. Uh, network that I do some stuff for just picked him up. And, um, you know, I'll tell you a story off mic about, about that, that you would be, no. Nah. But, you know. Well, it, it is a strange business that uh, you and I traversed over the past several decades. I often wondered why sometimes, because it, it is a fickled mistress. You know, you, you, you give it all your heart and yeah. soul, and many times it doesn't reciprocate. Yeah, you know? I've always said radio is an evil mistress. But anyway, uh, so is politics. And I mean, you know, good people don't always aspire uh, in the political arena. As a matter of fact, very rarely do they. And which is why we're here with the podcast. You know, if, yeah. if, if, if things were right and just in the world, there'd be no need for us or shows like us out there to, to at least give you uh, the other side of the story. Hey, you want to smile? Know? If we play this next cut, it's going to be a little over, but I think it's worth playing sure. it because I think, with it. I think we should smile. This is a, this is a gentleman. Uh, he's, I think, an American expatriate who works down at Sky News Australia, and he does a commentary on American news. And, uh, well, I want you to hear it. Listen. Please know that it gives me no great pleasure to report this. But this week, the world got an up-close look at Joe Biden. And it appears that he really is coming apart before our eyes. The occasion for this examination was the annual meeting of the U.N. General Assembly in New York, when the world's leaders gather at that great temple of uselessness that is the United Nations to put on a show to convince the rest of us they know what they're doing. Well, good luck with that. And, of course, leading the pack here was our man, Joe Biden. Here he was addressing the leaders of the globe, and I tell you what, I feel pretty bad for some of the folks who are doing simultaneous translations. Now, even as we evolve our institutions and drive creative new partnerships, let me be clear. Certain principles of our international system are sacrosanct. Certain principles about your guess is as good as mine. Then there was this little meeting with the president of Brazil, which played out more like a hearing aid commercial you might hear on Talkback Radio. And to say to President Biden, can you hear me, President Biden? This is a historical moment for Brazil and for the U.S. Are you there, President Biden? It's me, Margaret. Biden, of course, forgot to shake the Brazilian president's hand to his great delight. Not. And then there was this bizarre moment when, meeting with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, Joe Biden made the sign of the cross. I've checked it over 40 years, and uh, our friendship goes a long way and can uh, take us a long way. I'm sorry, let's just see that again. This is just, it's just 
all too weird. I don't know. Faith in Begora. Note that it is also in this meeting that Bibi Netanyahu spoke off the cuff. Well, Biden, of course, needed those note cards he always holds on to to speak because, well, we know what happens when he goes off script. Meanwhile, Kamala Harris, the woman whose mere existence as vice president makes the Secret Service's job so easy, well, she's just making friends everywhere she goes. You know, when we think about minority small business owners, and let's be more specific about Latino small business owners, yes, it is restaurants, but it is so much more. So basically there, if you read between the lines, Kamala Harris thinks that Latinos just own taco stands or something, I guess. Which means that when she saw Jill Biden call Mexicans breakfast burritos at one time, she was just thinking, hold my beer. Now, at this point, I gotta wonder, is this whole shambling, stuttering, clumsy Biden routine, I mean, look, it's declined, but maybe it's not. Could it be that there's something else entirely going on? Sometimes I think maybe he's actually putting on an act so people underestimate him or don't realize that he's the mastermind of this whole huge sort of behind-the-scenes operation. I don't know, maybe Joe Biden is playing it up like a cry for help. So the political pressure builds to allow him to gracefully retire rather than be forced to keep doing the job to please Jill or whomever it is. I don't know. But whatever. Sometimes, just sometimes, this whole thing reminds me a little bit of the old New York City mobster, Vincent the Chin Giganti, who for years threw off the authorities by putting on a public act suggesting he was in fact just himself a harmless, shuffling, mentally ill wanderer, when in fact he was a criminal mastermind in charge of a whole criminal enterprise. Former member of the Lucchese crime family, John Panisi, explained this a bit more here. Besides taking trips to psychiatric hospitals, Chin was known to wander around Greenwich Village unshaven, wearing pajamas, a bathrobe and house slippers, muttering gibberish. He talked to telephone poles and parking meters and urinate at will in the street, and at times randomly dropped to his knees and crossed himself. Randomly making the sign of the cross, you say? Yeah, nah. Sure, it's just a coincidence. Vincent the Chin Legante. That, you know, that's the guy I was thinking. I, I mentioned it. He, yeah. in, in the past, he was the guy who would walk around in a bathrobe, and he'd have a couple of his his uh, men like escorting him on the street, and he would go up and talk to parking parking meters. Now he knew all the time that the FBI was watching his every single move. So he would go up and talk to a parking meter and have a, an animated conversation. Then he would go down the street and like he said, he'd urinate in the, in the street. And then he would on occasion drop to his knees and give the sign of the cross. Well, he was also the head of the, the, the gang. He was the brains behind the organization. He was, this is all a facade. It was all for show, all to, to throw the uh, FBI off the, the path, uh, you know, off track. And it didn't work. They kind of knew because I guess they had insiders. But uh, it was a great show. It was a great yeah. show. And you wonder whether Biden's doing the same thing, although uh, yeah, he's embarrassing the heck out of our country. I mean, everywhere he goes. He doesn't care. I mean, you could say it's Hillary running the country, but you know, talk about hitting the bottom of the barrel. She's it. She is the picture. 
that you would see at the bottom of the barrel. There is it's Hillary. Well, it, I don't you think know. it's her. I think it's Obama. I think Obama is is uh, in his gym shorts or his you know sweats, as he said. Oh, uh, they back say, of you know, the they're house. trying to cover that up. They're saying that hey, he was saying that as a joke. <laughs> no, no. What better way to do it than this? <laughs> no, the Democrats. do that. The, no. The, no, the Democrats have been telling, they telegraph this stuff all the time. When yeah, they, they, do. they have a cockiness about what they're doing sometimes, and they can't help themselves. And uh, But I, we could go on and on. Yeah, we yeah. have gone over. If you want to reach us at our, our program here, it's our number is 833 833- Five three eight seven eight six eight eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight. Thanks to all the people who are liking the program, who are on Facebook, who are sharing it, uh, and and uh, we know you're out there, and we thank you. I would even mention your first names if I had my phone near this, me, but I don't, so I'll we'll do it some yeah. other time. Uh, we have email address too, don't we? Uh, we have yeah, three. Mail of them, at it's another day There's mail at Jim and Bill dot com and Jim and Bill at mail dot com. Oh, my gosh. There's so yes, many uh, different ways of reaching us. It's amazing. We would appreciate you dropping us a little note, please, uh, at your convenience. Just say, uh, hi, how you guys doing? Or uh, I listen to you. Even if you're a liberal, if you want to drop your two cents in, fine. Just keep it uh, pleasant. We're trying. We You don't hear us getting into uh, uh, nastiness against uh, your opinion. Uh, we would appreciate you not doing that with us, too. You know, we. That's so just, nice of you. You're such a nice. Guy. Let's keep it above board. You know, keep it friendly. Why? Friendly debates. You know, have you noticed that a friendly debate is hard to find nowadays? There was a time uh, when you could have a difference of political opinion and you could talk politely about things and it would be fine. Not anymore. Hey, you know what? Maybe Joe's going to help us with that because uh, he's helping us with the. Uh, Inflation, the economy, you're worried about high gas prices. Oh, he's uh, not done. Everything going up. Yeah, everything is going wild. And he goes, you know, I'm getting to the bottom of this. High concert ticket prices. Yeah, yeah. there are really important issues. to <laughs> No, forget about the border. 11000 at Eagle Pass yesterday. No, no, no. But concert tickets, $145 a ticket and rising. Come on. That's I'm going to go to Wawa stuff. and get me a sandwich. Oh, I'm yeah. waiting to see if yeah, it's bring, ransacked Yeah, bring a video in. camera. Uh, hey, my friend, have a great day, and uh, until I see you again next time, hasta la vista, baby! We're out of here! The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com, it has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>